0: A warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks only banks offer financial domination. I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> Welcome back to Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from Metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show I'll be looking at how to have great mirror sex, talking about going from financial domination to Edinburgh Fringe with Lane Kedaris, and I'll be diving through all the fun bags. If you like what you hear then please rate, review or at least subscribe and I hope you're ready. Because I'm about to take you through the looking glass Hello, hello, hello dear listener Okay, quick question When was the last time you tried a little bit of mirror sex? Mirror sex. okay. it is exactly what it says on the tin. Don't panic. I'm not trying to. (laughs) This isn't a trick question. It is basically having sex with someone else or masturbating in front of a mirror. Yeah, I'm getting you excited already. I can tell. Well, Gigi Engel, sexologist and lead intimacy expert at 3Fun, says that there are two reasons why it's so appealing. Porn and voyeurism. Hey, natural. So if you like watching your partner do things to you and your body whilst you're doing things to them, well, then that's like being in your own personal porno, isn't it? You're just seeing it from the outside and that can be such a turn on whilst you're watching yourselves in the mirror. For others, mirror sex might satisfy a deeper sexual fantasy like voyeurism. Now, voyeurism is the act of watching two people having sex, and a lot of the time it's, you know, without them knowing, like you're a little dirty peeping Tom. And this is a common sexual fantasy, although it's obviously not okay to act out unless all parties involved have consented to the watching. And being watched. And this is how mirrors help to make that fantasy come to life. So you get to have sex and watch yourselves at the same time. Double bubble. So for some, mirror sex is a great way to live out that voyeuristic dream without involving others now how you have great mirror sex. Oh, this is where Auntie Miranda comes in. So there are a few things to consider, uh mainly your positions and where you're going to put the mirror. Now the most common one and the most easiest one is to get one of them full length mirrors, pop it at the end of the bed, get on board and do a bit of doggy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's about it's like being in your very own erotic film. But don't be afraid to try moving around to get the perfect view. You can try going up against the mirror. You can try moving the mirror. You can even try using multiple mirrors. Yeah. Get all those angles. And if you are feeling a bit self-conscious, then Gigi recommends starting out solo. She says she would recommend starting with masturbation and that can help you ease into it by taking the time to admire your reflection and what you look like when you become aroused Mm. now there is a whole checklist of tips and tricks to help you reflect on mirror sex thank you thank you so head to the article the ultimate guide to great mirror sex and why it's so damn hot over at metro.co.uk but obviously not before you've listened to my fabulous chat with this week's guest Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, we all know that sex is the funniest thing you can do with your clothes off. But what about sex work? As Edinburgh Fringe season kicks off, more and more sex workers are using performance to tell their own story in their own words, and I am obviously all for it. So I'm delighted to welcome this week's guest, who, after 15 years in financial domination in New York, is telling all in her show, Sex Job. It's actor, writer and comedian, Lane Kaderes. Hello, Lane. Hello. Thank you so much, Miranda. Oh, no problem. I love having sex worker formers on SmartDrop because I think it's always so good to get to hear everyone's own stories in their own words rather than some fucking earnest A-level production that's gone, oh, yeah, we've taken it all verbatim. And it's like, babe, no. But none of us have
1: experienced it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because there's just so much
1: complexity to it,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not all like, oh, I'm so sad. And it's not always like, oh, isn't it brilliant? But it is, I think it is enough to have so many different shades of grey that you can definitely stand up and tell all about it in your own words. So I'm so happy to talk to you about it. So tell us all from the beginning, where do we start with Elaine? Wow. Okay.
1: Um so I mean I guess if we're starting with like how I got into sex work um I was um I had just gotten my BFA in musical theater and I got to New York and um I needed money. <laughs> and <laughs> and so I did all kinds of gigs. I waited tables and I did some gigs where I bartended an event, but instead of uh, wearing a shirt, I wore just body paint. Or <laughs> I did sushi modeling where people would eat sushi off of me while expressing how deeply uncomfortable they are. <laughs> and and um, I finally discovered foot fetish parties, and I found myself way less objectified at the foot fetish parties, the, the ones I attended, like over 15 years ago, where basically uh, men would come that had a foot fetish and there would be ladies there with feet and they would (laughs) worship their feet, which means they would kiss their feet, massage them um, and just just kind of exist with them on their face. (laughs) And Brilliant. And I found, like, truly, I was like, oh, this is, like, the best I've been treated by a man. Like, wow. I'm getting paid to get my feet massaged while they respect my boundaries. And I found it so, like, empowering and obviously very, um quite lucrative. And it gave me the ability to go to auditions when I needed to.
0: Mm, that what is the advert for a foot fetish party? Is it just something on Craigslist where it's like, have you got a nice pair of trotters? Would you
1: come <laughs> then you, this party might be for you. Yes, I did find it through Craigslist. I was I was scouring the Craigslist gig section back in the day, and um and I discovered it, and that kind of opened the door for me. Then I I quickly started doing more like foot worship sessions, and then more and more men would ask me to be dominant, which I quickly discovered um was just like basically saying yes and to the sub in other Mm -hmm. words it was doing improv but with horny men which was what I was already doing because I was an improv comedian so I was like oh I'm nailing this (laughs) 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 it's just playing pretend you know it doesn't have to be this big scary thing it's just kind of playing with whatever each other's giving you so yeah I found it to be truly like very fun like fun and a lot lighter and more playful than I imagined being a dominatrix would be. And then, of course, I discovered financial domination, which is where it's people's kink to give me money. And I was like, oh, that one. I do that. (laughs) (laughs) I do the money one. That is my specialty now.
0: Yes. So what did this look like for you? Were you doing it? Were you like advertising online or was it word of mouth or were you like, this is my job and I'll do improv and I'll do comedy on the side and, you know, have all the website and everything.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was, it started kind of, I had met people and, and made some connections from the foot worship parties. And then I I pretty quickly when I went independent, started to advertise online on places like Backpage, RIP, Um, I was very lucky to have that available to me, Um, though very quickly um, I discovered Twitter and Mm. so would advertise on Twitter. Um, And so clients would approach me and, you know, I would kind of screen them and decide if I wanted to do a a session in person with them or not. Um, And interestingly now, it was happening before the pandemic, but the pandemic has really heightened it is most of what I do now is all online. It's all you know video response sessions or cam sessions um or or me just texting them saying you're paying for dinner <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're you're still doing financial domination whilst you're d- going into um performance
1: oh yeah how am i how else am i gonna afford the fringe baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was gonna be a big question
1: <laughs> <laughs> the fringe uh, my show has been um uh produced by my subs <laughs>
0: Ah, that should go on the poster, definitely. So what about, what made you start wanting to talk about this? Because I, I read in an article that you didn't tell anyone for like 10 years. What made yes. you take the leap to go from sex work to stand up?
1: Yeah, I think it was a combination. Well, I was actually, so I was doing, yeah, I was doing them both simultaneously, but I was keeping it secret in the comedy community. And from a lot of people, like the closest people in my life knew, but like my family did not know. And I think it was a combination of things. I think it was one, like seeing the rise of OnlyFans and just seeing how how much more, how many more people actually do sex work than actually talk about it. Um, and in fact, when I did start to tell people, it's amazing how many people actually have or do sex work or know someone who has done sex work, but no one talks about it. Um, so that I think made me um, you know, want to be more open about it, as well as, you know, every single client and person that I would tell about it were just like, you need to write a book about this. And I was like, oh honey, I'm a performer. I'm gonna write a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it's been incredibly scary, but so cathartic. And it's been amazing how much more accepting people have been, um, than I expected. And, you know, obviously there's still a lot of stigma that I'm working on undoing with sex work that you are doing the Lord's work of doing as well. Um, and, yeah. I, when I discovered you too, I was like, oh my gosh, she does this too. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, truly my like sex work comedy sister out there. Yes. It was incredible. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, even people like you em- empowered me to do it.
0: <laughs> oh, oh anytime, anytime. Tell us a bit about, um, so did you find the, cause I, I love it when you say you know domination was a lot of yes anding because that is something Mm -hmm. that I'm I absolutely agree with totally it's all about improv and were there any other weird transferable skills that you found you had either from performance to sex work or from sex work into performance uh definitely my musical
1: theater background made uh me great in heels (laughs) I could (laughs) walk in stilettos very well um some men have asked me to do uh what is called trampling too which is where you like stand or walk on them Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes in high heels even and uh my gymnastics and performance (laughs) dance background definitely helps with that (laughs) i have stood i have stood on people's face before not in shoes and let me tell you it's really hard to stand on a round sweaty face (laughs) it's like it's like standing on a wet sweaty balance beam that won't stop talking (laughs) (laughs)
0: you <laughs> helping all around isn't it like that's just building the core strength (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and also yeah
1: leaning into different sides of myself I think too like having that that improv playful side Mm. but also being able to you know play these different parts which are you know as much as you are playing a role it's also part of you and getting to express all of those different sides of me has been so incredibly cathartic you know Mm. getting to lean into my bratty side or my like princessy side or my like
0: you know bad ass mean girl side it's it's fun. So tell us about the show sex job. So uh you're taking it to Edinburgh fringe. What yes. kind of things do you chat about? What have been some of your highlights?
1: Yeah um so yeah the show like the show obviously follows my journey through sex work. um, And so obviously there's just a ton of wild stories, um, but then it's also incredibly interactive. So there's a game show that I'm going to play with you later called, did I do that for money? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I play that with an audience member. There's a follow the rules as a sex worker obstacle course. Uh, Here's the catch, the rules always change and you don't know until you break them. (laughs) Um, There is, um, I show an actual real porn that I've made, which is you know, very silly. And I'm wearing a bikini and it's entitled smell test. Um, And so I share that along with my commentary of kind of what's going on inside my head, what's happening behind the scenes. Um, It's super, super silly. Um, And I also teach someone in the audience how to do findom. And let's just say real money might get involved. And the end of the show has been described as like a magic trick but real
0: oh (laughs) I love it so what about your game tell me about the game yes Um, did I do that for money
1: Yes. So we will play it. Okay. So, did I do that for money? It's a game show where I tell you some wild stuff and you tell me if you think I did that for money or not. Okay. Got it? Got it. Okay, great. And just so you know, if you get it wrong, you will offend me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. You'll be fine. Or will you? It's my real life. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did I have a sub swallow my chewing gum? Um, and I met him every every week and he would swallow my chewing gum every single week for like a year. Yes.
0: Yes. I would say you did that for money. Um, but I'm saying you did that for money because... For me, the thought of meeting up with someone every week for a year, I'm like, you, you've got to pay me. That is a lot of that is a lot of tube time for little Miranda <laughs> Kane. So, yes, I'm going to you did that for money.
1: <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, I will say uh, that urban legend about gum staying in your stomach better not be true for seven years, otherwise he will have a very gummy tummy. <gasps> All right, next up, um, did I have a sub uh, dress up in frilly lingerie and dance to? Britney Spears yeah
0: because why wouldn't you yes yes
1: Mm. oops I did it a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's such such a common request Uh, (laughs) all right did I have some of those subs wear their wife's panties
0: yes yes I'm gonna say yes because
1: yeah The answer is no. So many of them would ask me and I'd be like, I don't have your wife's consent for this. (laughs) (laughs) Go buy your own panties. Like, does she know you're doing this? Does your wife have have an idea that I'm doing this with her panties or that you're doing this? Because don't stretch those things out. They're expensive. (laughs) 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 All right. Um, Did I have a sub make me my very own credit card with my name on it and everything?
0: Yes. Yes, financial domination. I'm going to say yes.
1: Okay, the answer is yes. Yay! I did. However, yes, yes, yes. However, um, the day that he activated it, I lost it on a walk in the park, oh. and he has not made another one since. I immediately told him and was like, "You have to cancel it," and I have yet to get another one. Oh, <laughs> I don't even lose credit cards that much. It was such an odd. Coincidence
0: that was like the shortest, most heartbreaking tale I think I've ever heard on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Truly, uh, everything you could have ever wanted lost,
1: yes, gone in an instant. <laughs> All right, um, last question Did I have a sub? Um, give himself a wedgie with a phone cord while we were doing a cam session then have him wear that phone cord around his neck like a collar and then bark and say I'm a good little doggy and goddess is my mommy and my iPhone is my daddy
0: (laughs) that is so much detail that I have to go for (laughs) Yeah,
1: I'm sorry the answer is no I did not do that for money I did it for me (laughs) Congratulations, you win. Did I Uh, do that for money?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the ultimate winner here is definitely you. I think that was, that's what we're learning. (laughs) Oh my God. So what about when it came to learning how to do all this? Like, when it came to learning how to become a financial dominatrix, mm. what are some of your top tips for listeners? I know you do it in the show, yes. but are there any things that people can listen to? Because we're all in a bit of a, a cost of living crisis. We oh could do gosh, with the of cash. Course.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um. So let's see. Some of my top tips are know your worth, know your power. Because there will be a lot of people out there that have that have a financial domination fetish that want to get it for free or cheap, which is hilarious. Mm. Never go approach the subs. Let them approach you and always require a tribute first, um, which is, you know, code for payment. Yeah. And always make sure uh, that your tribute options are ones that are sex worker friendly And that they cannot reverse
0: Mm. because a lot of them will do
1: that. And yeah, and I I think especially the key thing is don't be afraid to say no to men. Like That is is what being a sex worker especially and a dom has taught me is how to say no to men. I had a lot of trouble with that. And I think that's a lot of what attracted me to this as well. Mm. And you actually often get what you want by saying no to them because you... They they often want you to take control, but they have so much so so many issues with letting go of control that they don't they don't know how Mm -hmm. and generally, you know, you'll either get rid of the clients that you don't want to deal with or train clients that you want to be good boys for you or good good subbies. I I have generally, most of my clients are quote unquote, straight men. And those (laughs) quotes are very real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah,
0: I would say those are my top tips at the moment. What about the other way around? What about for anyone who wants to go from sex work into performance?
1: What, What was
0: that like for you when you took that leap from going from Occasional from going from improv gigs and being part of a troupe to going, I want to do this this show on my own.
1: Yeah, um, I think definitely um, taking the time to invest invest in your own writing and um, working a piece with someone, I think is really key. Like I think, you know, s- sit at home and work on your own, but make sure you have um, accountability with someone you're showing your writings to that that you enjoy collaborating with um, and being able to work that with someone. Like that's the way my show came about. I, I worked with my director, Matt Gehring, for over a year on this mm. piece. And I really took my time with it. And just get it in front of people, get get your work in front of people, even if it's just really small, even if it's just a reading for a couple of your friends. Um, Having that back and forth is really what allows you to, you know, go go to stand up gigs if you're a stand up, you know, go to open mics, like get in front of people because you don't know what works until
0: you work it with other people. I went through the same thing of like I didn't do it quite so well as you. I went, right, I want to do a show, and then just like immediately jumped on a stage. And that was the wrong thing I like to do because I just ended up giving what was basically an hour-long TED talk. And no one needs that in their life. But then working with a director. <laughs> but then you
1: also actually did a, a TED talk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so it worked out. <laughs> I had to trim it down a bit. But then when I worked with a director and and started doing Doing, as you said, like doing work in progress with people and having someone that I could that I trusted to give me good feedback and constructive criticism, mm. that really helps. And I think that is something that a lot of performers, not not even necessarily ones who are going from sex work, but a lot of performers don't take that in mind. They just think, well, I've got an hour's worth of material, I'll get up and stand up and say it. But actually right. you, you do need that editing and you do need those eyes. So um, and if any sex workers are out there and want a bit of help. <laughs> the diary's empty for little Miranda <laughs> Kane at the moment. So, so come and there you go. Me with
1: and them. getting to have someone who understands your experience—I mean, get better than that. Yeah, I'm what really a, what, a, what a wonderful director to have. <laughs> Whereas, instead with me, my director, he was like, "What? Yeah, ha- what
0: <laughs> I was. I was teaching him a lot." <laughs> what was it like when you started to come out more to the comedy community?
1: Oh yeah, um,
0: it was. Uh,
1: you know, it's so funny, yeah, I was so nervous about being seen as uh, from the comedy community as like a dumb sex work bimbo mm. when what I want to be seen as is a dumb sex work bimbo who's very funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and truly, like it was amazing how many people were just like instantly fascinated and and who treated it with such such care and respect and I think we've just come such a long way and we still have so far to go, but the, the script really has started to change around um, how we view sex work. And I think by the time I was starting to come out, it was, it was a lot more um, seen and, and um, accepted, which Mm -hmm. is, was really beautiful. Um, And, and people were open to even having, you know, maybe certain stigmas like broken apart, like uh, in, in a way that, I, I don't know how people would have been, you know, 10 years
0: ago, even. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely become a lot more um, normalized, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially yes. with the rise of OnlyFans and people are going through these difficult financial times. So more mm-hmm. and more people are turning. And especially when you've got sex work now that isn't, it's it's not. Risky doing it from online. You you can still keep your privacy and you can still yeah. maintain that kind of distance. So it's it's definitely become a lot more, a lot more within the public eye. And I, I think all of that will all help with safety and all help you know safety from like you said like all the difficult laws and everything. And we oh, just yes. getting people to talk about it. It's always. Anything like that always helps when people are talking about it. Totally. And what are your plans? What would be if you, so you're going to Fringe, that mm-hmm. was. Always like a total dream for me. I was like, I'm doing it. I've gone to fringe. And then, what no one says is, Well, what do you want to do with it afterwards? I'm like, But it's fringe. Isn't that the thing that I want? So, what would be? (laughs) Right. And then it's over in a month. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you've got a little bit of PTSD.
1: (laughs) I hear I am just like trying my best to rest up beforehand, (laughs) but then also perform my show one more time here in New York before I go um yeah i mean i i definitely want to tour this show and um, perform it for as many people as possible um i want to film a special of it um and i also want to you know pitch a show to networks off of it as well um uh, like a like a Sex in the City meets High Maintenance kind of a situation, um, <laughs> where where you know being a dom is just kind of on the sidelines. It's not the main focus of of the uh, plot, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of that person's day job, which immediately creates incredible and
0: interesting fodder. Mm. Definitely. And especially I think when you've got, you know, a load of subs that can produce it for you. There's, you know, there's, there's some money right there. Exactly. Come on, they'll, they'll put their <laughs> hands in for it. Have you beamed live onto their Netflix? Easy. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Win-win for everyone. <laughs> exactly exactly so where can people find more details if they want to hear more
1: yes they can go to um sexjobshow.com is the official website for it um and then also on social media there's my personal instagram and twitter which is just at lane Quetteris and tiktok as well um and you can see even like little clips from the show and all sorts of other fun and interesting things um and at sex job underscore a comedy show on instagram and at sex job show um on twitter as well
0: brilliant and where are you going to be performing at fringe
1: yes i'm going to be at underbelly um in bristow square at 2 25 p.m for the full run so from august 2nd to 28th um only the only date i'm not doing is the 14th so mama's gonna be busy <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a lovely family friendly time two fours it left perfect get all the kids in <laughs> <laughs> they'll need it the way the world is going they're gonna need the education <laughs> thank truly. you so much Lane, for joining us on smut drop and good luck with the fringe and i hope the show goes from strength to strength thank you Hello and welcome back to my fun bags. This week I looked into the Metro basement, saw they were brimming with your questions, kinks, and confessionals, and I've decided to do a quick roundup of all the things that we couldn't find to put anywhere else. So, Kelly asked, What is the best flavoured lubricant? great question kelly however i would say that it depends what it's for so there are some lubricants that you should never use with toys or condoms for instance and then there are some that you definitely need to save for those harder to reach places so i would recommend looking first at what you need it for and why and then consider the flavor because that really is the least of all your worries. And take it from me, at the end of the day, they all taste just a little bit of lubricant. <laughs> you, those pina colada lubes, they lie. They lie. Uh, Dandy, ooh, who is still clinging on to Twitter, has said penis pumps, yay or nay? Very good. Very good question there. So uh, we had a lovely chat to Dr. Renand about this last year. And I'm sorry to say that it is a nay. Instead of the time and investment in a penis pump, what you actually really need to do is work on your pelvic floor. Oh, I know, I know. Exercise rather than a quick fix. But don't take it from me. Go and listen to the episode with Dr. Renand in our archives and he will tell you all about why the pelvic floor is the best secret weapon in sex that you'll ever have. Carl, oh, Carl knows how to flatter me. He says any plans to do a live show? Oh, I wish. Do you know what? All this chat about Edinburgh Fringe has really got me itching to get back on a stage. But maybe we can think about doing it for next year. Next week, I will be chatting to the one and only Erica Lust about making adult cinema. So I want to hear what fantasies and confessionals you would love to see immortalised and brought to life for the big screen. Tell me all, you can contact me via Instagram, slip into my DMs, where I'm that Miranda Kane, or you can email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. SmutDrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly, very explicit show and tell, please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'll be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you do, then name it after me. I'm
1: ahead of the game.